Hey everyone, welcome to the very first episode of Wicked Unscripted. My name is Abigail Adams and I will be your host for this podcast where we have unscripted conversations about some of the most popular reality shows on television. We've got a lot to cover today, including news and highlights from Big Brother, The Challenge CBS, Dancing with the Stars, The Bachelorette, MasterChef, and... 90 Day Fiance. So before we start our deep dives, let's do a quick rundown of this week's reality TV headlines. Let's start with the all-new season of Big Brother, which has already been incredibly eventful. Week one culminated in the shocking exit of Paloma Aguilar, who left the game Wednesday due to personal matters. As a result, production opted to cancel the backstage twist that she was a part of, as well as the first week's eviction. This meant that Taylor Hale, who faced a significant amount of bullying during week one, and her fellow nominee Terrence were safe from elimination. Spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't watch the live feeds, but Jasmine is your new HOH for week two. Fans are still debating, though, about whether or not her foot touched the ground during round one, which appeared on Thursday's episode. Though in my opinion, it did not. Speaking of Big Brother, the first member of the cookout has been sent packing on the Challenge USA. Big Brother 23 alum Tiffany and Love Island Season 1 contestant Cashel were sent home during this week's elimination challenge against Amazing Racers Kayla from Season 33 and James from Season 32. But the big story of the episode was the ever-going love triangle between Tiffany, Cinco, and Cash, which is now starting to play out in real life between Tiffany and Cash. You'll hear more about that during our challenge segment later in the podcast. Now on to Dancing with the Stars, which has a brand new co-host on its hands. ABC has announced that Alfonso Ribeiro will join the show for season 31, while Tyra Banks will return as host. A cast for season 31 will be announced on September 8th. Also worth noting this week that Val Shmerkowski and Jenna Johnson have announced that they are expecting their first child. This came out in an exclusive interview with People Magazine, and they say their baby is due in January 2023. This week marks the beginning of season 19 of The Bachelorette, starring Rachel Recchia and Gabby Windy as co-leads. 35 men exited the limos on night one, and naturally, some of their entrances were a bit bizarre, including a guy holding chicks, a juggler, and a man entering to a choir singing Clayton Sucks, a quick reference to their breakup with Clayton Eckerd on the previous season of The Bachelor. Both girls have already shared a kiss with one of the guys, too. Gabby smooched Mario, a personal trainer from Illinois, while Rachel got a kiss from Tino, a general contractor from California. Both men ended up with the first impression roses for each of the women that night, but in a shocking move at the rose ceremony, the girls kept all but three of the men, Robbie, Joey, and Justin Y. The remainder are going to continue on this journey into episode two and obviously many beyond. This week on MasterChef, the home cooks were tasked with creating a vegan dish inspired by Gordon Ramsay's newfound love for vegan food. This week's top three performers included Derek, Bowen, and Amanda, who ultimately earned the immunity pin with her Lebanese falafel. Amanda will be safe from next week's elimination, which will require contestants to fuse Southern cuisine with a randomly selected international cuisine. At the bottom of the pack this week were last week's immunity pin holder, Fred, Shelly, and Samantha, who was ultimately eliminated after putting up a lackluster stuffed potato pancake that Chef Aron described as tasting frozen. And last but not least, we have 90 Day Fiancé. TLC has announced an all-new season of 90 Day Fiancé Happily Ever After, which will feature some of the franchise's most talked-about couples, including Angela and Michael, 
Libya and Andre, Jovi and Yara, Big Ed and Liz, Jenny and Samit, and out of left field, Kim and Usman. The season premieres Sunday, August 28th on TLC and Discovery+. And those are this week's headlines. All right, so this segment is a segment I like to call the BB Breakdown, where we tackle the biggest topics of Big Brother from the past week. I say we because uh, today I'm joined by my good friend and fellow TikToker, Sarah Talks Big Brother. This is her third year covering Big Brother on TikTok and her sixth year covering it with Joker's updates. Sarah will hopefully be joining me with uh, all these kinds of updates every week as we kind of talk about and share all of our unfiltered thoughts throughout the show. Uh, thanks for joining me. I didn't yeah. mess that up too bad either. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. This is <laughs> awesome. I'm so pumped. I mean, we're not having like the best go of it so far with this season, but it's still better than no big brother in my opinion. So, Oh yeah. I mean, there's tons to talk about. It's not that it's the f- most fun stuff to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's real. And for the psychological and social experiment that it is, I really have to appreciate you know, this, uh, this group of house guests have really given us a lot to dissect and, and really dive into and look into in, in depth. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, it's, I think something that people forget about the show before we even kick off um, with first impressions is, I think people forget that this is like supposed to be a show of like, what is a microcosm of the world? Like, and, and this is ending up being kind of a microcosm of what's going on in our country right now. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I know there's been some negative stuff being said about the show. You and I have had our own personal criticisms, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're like, oh, well, boo America or boo Big Brother. It's about looking at it from like a critical lens, but not a hateful lens. You know what I mean? It's about looking at things and assessing all of the craziness that goes on because there was a ton. Um, Curious to know if you had any like outstanding first impressions because pretty much everything I thought of the house guests when we got the cast a single day before the premiere last Wednesday. Oh, it was go time. I mean, that cast list was announced and I was immediately channeling my Google Foo skills, you know, um, trying to figure out who these people were, where they came from, which ones were recruits, which ones, you know, actually auditioned were fans of the show, um, trying to get as much information as I could in the very small amount of time we had with it. Um, my first impressions so far have been pretty dead on, like the, the ones I got good vibes from, um, and the ones I've got bad vibes from, I have kind of proven my point um they kind of gave us what we anticipated now as far as what they would do in the game the kinds of moves they make those questions to me their actual answers don't hold a lot of stock however the way they answer them tells me a lot about um how they view the game their understanding of the game or is their understanding of the game just what they watched in sequester aka a recruit so um yeah no it's I, I have yet to be surprised um, by anything this season. Um, as far as expecting the unexpected, I have not. However, I do really appreciate uh, watching this unfold and, and not to go on too much of a tangent. What we talked about in the, you know, the very beginning of this was um, it being a reflection of our society as a whole. This season in particular, 
um, moments like this and shows like it is very uncomfortable. It's very hard to watch. However, it does make us self-reflect and better ourselves as human beings. Do you know, am I guilty of having these implicit biases? Am I, what would I do in this situation? How would I have reacted in this situation if I didn't know everything that else was going on in the house? Um, have I ever been guilty of these things? And for that, I feel like as toxic as some of the BB fandom can be, um, you have a community of people that enjoy this show for that reason. And because it starts these discussions and it gets us talking about these very important social issues that we deal with outside in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think one of the most pressing things that we were, that I think people know about right now is what's happening with Taylor Hale in the house. Um, it's, it's, it was everywhere on the news. The big news that broke last night as we're filming on a Friday um, was that Paloma was suddenly leaving the game, but that suddenly brings the mental health aspect into it, which was also a massive conversation right now in this country. So I get goosebumps even talking about it right now because it's not something I, I did not expect to talk about this. I thought maybe later in the game, because mental health tends to come up in Big Brother because of the pressure that it puts on contestants. This early in the game, it is a little flustering um, because it's so in, in like a compassionate way because it's it to see someone that personally, I will be honest, did not have a, a positive opinion of to start sure. with, watch them have something happen like this, a mental, what we believe was um, a mental health issue. We are not going to categorize what it was. Um, people are using the word manic. I want to be careful and not categorize it like that, but it was at least um, showing symptoms of manic. Right. Um, so, but to cycle back, it's important to remember that people are humans and that's where all of this kind of cycles through is, uh, the first, the, to go back to first impressions, like first impression of Paloma, who I'm, who I'm talking about right now was not a positive one. I didn't have a positive one when I saw her photo. I did not have a positive, And I don't mean in a negative way. You look at the photos and you're like, I'm judging a book by its cover. I know I'm doing that. That's it's, the whole it's point. The pose. Of it. It's the tone. It's the vibe. Yes. It's, it's it. the vibe. It was the vibe. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I do also think that there is a piece of her that is a genuine, good human being. I don't think she's a bad person. Um, it's just some of the things that came out and came out of plenty of other people. She is not the only person to criticize no. here. I want to say Monty. No, he totally pivoted among from the bias to cognitive bias. Exactly. Um, group think mentality and we watched it just spread through the house like a cancer um and it's even with the best of players even with the most positive and kindest backgrounds and and the people we had the best vibes from everyone was guilty to some extent of it um yeah it, it's been we, you know when I explained to my family because I am the only one in my family that is into the show when I explained to them why I watch the show Same. I, I tell like, I don't like reality television. I hot take. I don't watch bachelor. I don't watch bachelor. I, I I'm don't not the real world was not my jam. Um, I, I love big brother because of the psychological aspect, because it is such a, a sampling of what we deal with. But on the other hand too, it's very interesting to see how people react in a situation that there is absolutely no precedent for in their life. Um, Paloma might be going through something that she's never experienced in her life because there is literally no other situation that is 
ever like Big Brother. Even I say this on my lives, like even in prison, you have communication with the outside world. You get to watch the news. You get connected to the outside. You are not just isolated in a room with the same people with no contact with the outside world. So there's absolutely no way to really prepare for it or know what could come out of you from this. Absolutely. Uh, or is there a way to screen for that? I do believe that uh, production needs to do a better job of background checks. Absolutely. I, I, Marvin, um, obvi- a, a Google search could tell you a lot. A, a looking at their Twitter history and their previous tweets could tell you a lot about a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that there is any way for them to predict how someone will handle um this kind of microscope, this kind of situation and being on camera 24 seven with zero contact or, or uh, knowing anything else other than what the person in front of you is telling you in that moment. And to have no support system that you can actually legitimately trust. You know, that's something I personally forgot about all week. And I want to like make that super clear. That is something I think I totally forgot about is when you are in that house, Because all I can think about is like now is like, oh, my God, I'm so dumb. Because like if I went in that house, what would I have to I would have been Michael first week where I don't know if people picked up on Michael. One of the things that I was going to bring up that I don't think people have discussed is the first two days, his social anxiety was off the charts like and I don't blame him like I could it was emanating, but not in a bad way. It's just you could see and he was doing a good job, too, of integrating himself in the conversations that he could but there were moments on the live feeds where it would be kind of like the nervous like <laughs> and it's stuff Very that awkward. I oh totally and so it's just kind of like it's, it's I feel like Taylor had a lot of that experience too tons tons yeah. and we are this is a perfect little segue into um the Taylor situation because I think a lot of stuff that happened this week that transpired between Taylor and Paloma has so much to do with mental health, not necessarily like the reason that things happen, but like, it's just, it's surrounding the situation. Um, And I think it's kind of crazy. I wasn't expecting going into this today for it to be this big of a part of the conversation, but last night's episode changed I mean, everything how could it not be yeah changed everything so uh we're going to discuss um well I want to give people a heads up before we go a little further things that happen on the live feeds are going to be very out in the open all the time on this podcast there will be no moments where we're like spoiler alert spoiler alert this is this whole podcast is a spoiler alert that's why it's wicked unscripted spoiler. because it's unscripted so if you don't want to hear it you're not here and I don't mean to be a dick but <laughs> that's that's how we do it so um, Sarah, feel free to jump in with receipts yep. at any time, but we are just going to start talking about the Taylor bullying situation and how it started. Cause I'm not pleased with the first, not like maybe not the first episode. Cause the first episode was just introducing people, but episodes two and three, not pleased with the edit whatsoever, considering what happened in the house. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Um, so I, after the Paloma incident, I did trash my list. Um, but I do know <laughs> enough. Um, hey. I know that I just thought that, you know, the approach might be a little bit different, um, here, but Paloma putting, putting Paloma aside, um, you know, we did see the girls as a collective, uh, well, Paloma and Jasmine, um, and their first impressions of Paloma, they showed it on the episode too, where Paloma flat out told her, you shouldn't have told everybody you were a beauty queen. Um, she said, because people have you know, made up, uh, they have bias in their head about what that means. 
And I'm screaming at the television the whole time. I'm like, you, yeah. you people, you're yeah. the one with the bias. You were the one doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side of the house, unknowingly to the girls, um, Pooch and Kyle were, Taylor had been in the house like seconds, you know, just th- she was just merely existing. And they were saying how volatile she'll be on the block. You know, how if you nominate her, it's going to be hostile. She's going to come for blood. And they had no evidence to back that up. None. However. And and so there have, that's where the implicit bias started. And then you have, you know, petty girl stuff on the other side. And all it takes is a simple like passing of in, in conversation to her name come up for them, both sides to realize that they have a common enemy. And meanwhile, you know, as the viewers were watching this whole time and there's, I can tell you in the live feeds, Taylor has done nothing but be gracious and generous and kind. Um, they, she, but everything that came out of her mouth, everything she did from trying on dresses to um, asking about dirty dishes in the sink, Everything she did was just, oh, the audacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it was very, very difficult to watch. Um, Uncomfortable. I don't think I've seen this intense of a community uh, bias and a community uh, lynching in the first 24 hours of a show, of the show. Um, in all 24 seasons of big brother um admittedly i have not seen the live feeds for every single season but i have seen every single season and no one has this intense of a target in the first 24 hours 48 hours first week that's the big point i think is important to drive home it's not like because i think people are gonna be like well what about evil dick evil dick was the worst to everybody he he was just first of all he was just the worst in general like he was just the worst to everybody not the worst like as like a player he wasn't the yeah. best but he was totally his it was the goal was to piss people off intentionally and somehow weasel his way through and he did it it. sorry that it worked but what was different was he wasn't like and I think maybe times are changing to where we are more aware of these things where we weren't looking at because I look at some of the things now that he said to Jen oh I'm I'm like no 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 because I'm not even kidding I like totally just talking about recent biases that I have to admit to myself a previous podcast I was like go dick that's awesome I look back and I'm like why would I ever say that why would I ever do that because you look at the things and you have to learn. And I think that's one of the lessons that we, as we discussed on our recent lives, is one of the most important things that we have to learn and remember going into all of this is that, because I think I know I've been very vocal about how pretty much everybody, even though there have been people who have kind of turned around and realized like, oh, I don't want to do this. Indies even apologized. Um you have to remember that they are people and that they have the ability to learn. It's about seeing if they are showing any willingness to. And I think there's a good core of people that are showing a very strong willingness to. Um, Michael, Brittany, Terrence, Joe. Terrence is kind of on the fence. Um, I'll kind of see moving forward because it's just about them warming up to Taylor. 
but uh, Amira too, correct. Um, and did I say Indy if I didn't? Indy, Indy, Indy. Indy. yeah. She, uh, she's amazing. She's the first person to go to Taylor and apologize. Like, I don't think anybody and, else has. Has anybody? No, um, no. And, and in looking back at um, everyone's some level of partic- participation within the first week of the Taylor lynching, um, you know, it, it comes down to, and we talked about this a bit on TikTok and on my lives, but the Taylor's, um, she was feeling, feeding and feeling those vibes of being, you know, the outcast of the house. She did have a level of reservation about her presence. Now, when you mix that, that hesitation, that kind of introvertedness that she went with, um, went into the house with you, you have, let's call them the decent ones. The good people in the house are being told she's a snob. She thinks she's too good for this. She said this about the dishes. She doesn't expect to ever do them. All of these things that began just to telephone and fabricate and get worse and worse. Um, when you hear those things, and then if you, you're looking at Taylor and she hasn't spoken to you, she does kind of stand awkward in the corner. You're, you are more likely to believe the person who is spending time to talk to you than the person that's not. And I'm not saying Taylor deserved this in any way, shape or form. I do want to make that very clear. I think that, um, I think it was just a perfect storm, um, fueled by an incredibly intense, um, level of bias in the house. So there, that level of intensity that they brought it with was so convincing that even the people that were more neutral in the house were still like, okay, maybe there's some truth to this and I'm just not seeing it. Right. Um, I think it's also important to bring up the differences. We talked a little bit earlier, the differences um, between what has been happening on the feeds and what's happened in the edit, because as we were discussing like, you know, she, it, it, I, I'm a little flustered because I still have people in my comments on tons of social media accounts where they are just like, how do you not see that she's being aggressive? And I'm sorry, but now, we do have to start kind of going into uh, the microaggressions because it's an incredibly yeah. important conversation that we have to have. Um, and we've been having it on our social media. So it's not that we haven't, but as a society, we need to make sure that we are not forgetting it and we're not just ignoring it, especially with realizing uh, Paloma's mindset at least a few days in. It's still important to remember because um, uh, I don't <laughs> call out on episode one, but Cody Calfiori made some really, really inappropriate comments about her um, on his podcast. Now, this was like, I think just after episode one, he's like, oh, like she's a pageant queen and I can already get the vibe from her that she's going to be really catty and that like, oh, yeah. that's just the pageant queen vibe. And that's what you got to expect from pageant queens. And I'm just like, I was just really frustrated because it's like, I want to give people chances and it's like, oh, you make me oh you say something that makes me mad like that does production just have like a pool of the of just clones of the same guy from staten island i swear they they have to they have to because it's just i don't know how you have it every season because i was blown away when nick from big brother 21 was like i saw it from the beginning i'm like 
how you have the person participating in almost doing it the most besides mickey and jack two red flags whenever we get cast bios two red flags they're from staten island oh brent brent wasn't staten island but he was rhode island and he was well okay they're from blank island <laughs> or they went to texas a&m like the, the the two biggest red flags straight up except i think did Haley go to texas a&m if Haley did she doesn't okay. count but any well <laughs> we'll see anyways but um, we've seen it time and time again like let's uh, just in the most recent i can uh let's talk uh, kimmy mm, kimmy got the exact oh same treatment her first week so many uh, but so many black women on this show have faced this like it's not just her do they have to speak out how many times do they say bailey Bailey talked about this in length and yep. when she finally had had enough and she stood up for herself oh she was scary she's bleeding from the mouth and it's terrifying yep. same and with Dave on um Jody's Jody's been actually talking about it like how she's like I feel like that was why I was the first person to go on season 14 and people didn't want me why would you want an older black woman Yes. I don't think that's how she phrased it, but that was what she was basically saying is just like, like we can see these biases. Like, and she was saying, I never got called back from CBS. Like I haven't heard back from them. No invite to do anything. Meanwhile, like, and, I, and it's no dig at David, but it's like, it, we're talking about the, the, the gender bias here. We're not talking about necessarily the race portion here, even though it is about that, but like they were so when David was treated like with clear implicit biases and i mean i think there were some actual legitimate biases <laughs> thrown out but they brought him right back like i know it is a different time but they still haven't reached out to jody about anything maybe that's just because they don't care they don't have an interest um they are probably they are kind of moving on to kind of different kinds of house guests they don't cast the people that they used to um on big brother 14 they don't cast the people that they did on big brother 2 it's a constant shift who who was the one what was her name um she i think i don't want to get this wrong i feel like she had a showmance with cody or it might have been oh are you talking about amber Yes. Okay, Amber, because Amber not only was treated so poorly, but like um, she was like just sexually harassed the whole time. Like, not, by- oh, no, I'm sorry. Yes, Amber was another one, but no, I'm talking oh, okay. about. Um, <laughs> well, that's a different story then. <laughs> yeah, completely different story. But yes, that is another case. Even Aza, um, I'm yep. both asking here, even Aza came out and said, like, Everyone said I was boring, mm-hmm. but I was so worried about showing any kind of emotion or because of this kind of thing right here, we're told to be calm and like quiet and otherwise. And this- people's response were, no, you're just boring. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. It's so frustrating because. Was it Zakia? Yes. Yes. Zakia um big from bb18 gotcha so she even said on the show and they did show it on the feeds where she said like i'm not allowed to get upset you can treat me however you want you can put me on the block Mm -hmm. you can nominate me but i cannot have any feelings about it because it will be seen a certain way it'll be shed in a certain light and i will be put in a certain box Mm mm-hmm and i just don't know how many times these women have to speak out and say that these I, I that black women are not treated fairly in this house and 
I'm sorry, but I, yes, the 50% POC initiative is a, a, a step. It's a Band-Aid right now. It's a step. And it's I'm not saying step, like, take it away because you don't want to rip the Band-Aid off. But, but inclusivity and, and equality and all these things that we should be, should be shooting for, that the purpose of that four is not 50% white, 50% everyone else. It should be, you, she, I mean, and we, I, yes, and I understand I'm not taking away from any of the current house guests like no. blackness or anything. No. I'm saying that it's been said time and time again. And again, I, this is not my, um, I have no right to speak on this. I am just, I am just sharing information that, um, house guests like Aza has just recently said is mm. that dark skinned black women yes. are treated completely different, even by other black women. Other, and, uh, yes, of course. And that they need more representation. Mm -hmm. And I feel like until we get to that place or get to a place where we're just better as a society, um, you know, and it, I'm just hoping Gen Z grows up and saves us all, but feel that. Well, and I, I got a comment on one of my, on one of my um, TikToks where I think it was when uh, they pulled Martin Achi from it and they were like, we have Joe. People were actually excited because they had Middle Eastern representation. And I wasn't, I feel horrible because I didn't even look at, I didn't yeah. even think about that. And I'm like implicit bias check. You know what I mean? Like I have to check myself. We're all going to be checking ourselves at this point. Um, but like at the same time, it's so exciting to be able to see them be like, yay, like I feel represented and I don't, and it, it is, as white women and like white men, we do not understand what that means to them. Yeah. And it makes me frustrated because I can see it. So I can like, I, I don't know what the correct word sympathize, empathize. I'm just running off, but I just, but it's so frustrating to like see them be, say I would have been so sad because it's like well I'm happy that you have representation it's not that I'm mad about that it's that right. um oop, meeting will end in 10 minutes this is probably why I uh wanted to do a test run <laughs> <laughs> well the good news is we're at the we're about at the end of the I do want to add something that I do want to just what you you just said that we you know like as a, a cis white woman I could never possibly understand um Oh my goodness. Of it's okay. It's this is the first round. Y'all are just goodness. coming for the ride. <laughs> okay. As a cis white woman, I could never possibly even begin to ever or ever in my life will I ever understand what that's like. Um, however, knowing that and understanding and checking my privilege has led me to make it my, it, I have a platform. And no matter how big or small that platform will ever be, I feel like these conversations are important because if I can do nothing else other than use my voice and use my platform to help other cis white uh, or just, it, it, just privileged individuals in general have some level of understanding, empathy, or kind of uh, um, any kind of knowledge or, or self-check, self-reflect themselves I'm, I'm gonna do that and so I again I do not want to be like speaking on behalf of black women dark-skinned black women people of color however I do think these conversations are important and it's 
very important that we are not relying on the POC community to educate us. Absolutely. We need to take what we've learned and, and, and do our own research and help our own people learn. Yep. I think it's going to be important. There are two things like this is a fun episode because we're really at the beginning. So there are two things now that I'm thinking that I really want to look into doing with us moving forward, especially during the season, not after, during. I want to have BIPOC voices join us. I think it's going to be incredibly important to start getting more of their perspectives. So if you're out there listening and you want to join us and you have knowledge of the show, as long as you are at least a casual watcher and you're willing to hear us spoil all the stuff that happened on the feeds, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your opinions. You can email me personally at abigail.adams1317 at gmail.com or you can email the podcast at wickedunscripted. Um, but yes, that is spelled that way. I was, yeah, that's how I screw things up in the first podcast, but that's why I <laughs> test run stuff. But anyways, um, you can email Wicked Unscripted. Feel free to uh, reach out and let us know. We want to really start to tighten this conversation. We really want to hone in on this. Um, and this is something that we're really, really passionate about talking about because it's not just something that's happening in Big Brother. It's happening everywhere. Um, and then the other person, the other kinds of people that I want to start talking to, I want to start talking to a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist. Absolutely. I want to start hearing their opinions, not even just once, like ev- every now and again, like I want to start seeing what they think about different dynamic shifts and how we can learn from things, you know, and to get different voices too, you know, like it's going to be so important for us as an audience, as Big Brother fans to really start using this show to really assess what's going on because there's so much going on here I personally was kind of hoping Big Brother would be the escape from things that are going on it is not I don't know what I was here (laughs) here we are Um, with adulting we wish yeah so I have a couple of questions that I'm going to pose in these last couple of minutes of this segment so the questions that I have for next week so we've gone through all of this stuff so Paloma is gone the backstage twist is out the window out of the window we did not get to see that at all so honestly I don't I feel like they didn't even really know what they were going to do until like a couple days before and just were kind of like well whatever we built the comp and what they did was use that comp as the new HOH comp um absolutely tell me that production completely improvises the day of an episode what they're going to do and I would believe you oh straight up absolutely especially based off of how um, not even just this season has gone preseason, like preseason was so much fly by the seat of your pants. Like, I'm just telling you right now, there's, there was no spoiler in what Julie said. She's like, can you find the hint? And like, I think she was just screwing with us. And it's yeah. like, you're, you're a jackass, Julie. Shut up. No, I don't mean that. You still have besties to look forward okay, to. But like, she was like, no, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> I, I am mad about that. She, I'm sitting here like end of the episode. You know that I, phrase from me, by the way. Like, <sighs> I just want to put on record. I have called multiple people up in my comments, my BB bestie. And you are my BB bestie. My BB and we've posted videos about it. <laughs> and then- <laughs> 
you know, next thing you know, we have a BB bestie twist. I literally, I think when they threw out the twist, we got to do like something fun. We got to do something fucking awesome with that. There's no way we don't capitalize. But like, I'm mad because she teased it in Mike Bloom's interview. She teased it in, I think Sharon's, I didn't read it, but I know she mentioned it. Um, And she even was on CBS Los Angeles and she was like, twist coming tonight. I was like, cool, great. And, and I think people might be like, well, because Jasmine fell, it's not, it, that's why we didn't get to see. No, that is absolutely not it. They were running out of time as is. Yep. They always run out of time. They do not plan their shows well at all. The only thing they've nailed down is their double eviction. That's I about mean, it. Julie took a solid seven minutes just to spit out the two sentences to tell the house guest how that night was going to go. Like that was the slowest announcement I've ever heard. Like, and I don't mind a slow if you want to like kind of draw it out and talk, but like you need to have a we didn't have the tighter script. script. Yeah, I would absolutely. I'm I'm so on board for getting rid of live votes and going back to the pre-recorded votes. Mm-hmm. I agree, especially if this is just all going to be a time crunch because they can't figure out how to do it right. Exactly. Like, and it's like just and also it doesn't mean that it has to be a like you have to do it like hours before you could do it the freaking hour before and just edit as you're going you can't tell me you can't do it you do it during the live episodes so you can do it and it's there's a lot of options they can do um I hope they start listening to fans I say it all the time they aren't and it's frustrating um I don't mean to be mean but I'm just a little frustrated with Julie's comments not about all of them but when she was kind of putting it on fans for like when she was just kind of like the fans need to calm down and it's like we're not the problem here she no she, like you're making this all negative it's like we're not I'm making it negative. With the gaslighting. <laughs> and that's what bothered me the most so I know there were some people who were like why would that bother you because I don't think that all the comments she made I think there are some people I mean there are some people no matter what it's social oh, media that's what you're getting no matter what they're gonna blow it up but um, and it's but the things that were getting talked about, it wasn't like they were getting blown up for no reason. It's not like microaggressions or something to brush off or mental health, because before it was Paloma's, it was Taylor's. And when Taylor's mental health was in the toilet, everybody was laughing and cackling and having a freaking great time. But when it was Paloma's, they were crying in a circle and praying. Yes, I'm actually, yes. I was actually mad about that. And I'm not yes. trying to be a jerk. Like I was like, this sickens me, sickens yeah. me. So. No, absolutely. A uh, couple other questions. So what will Jasmine do with her HOH reign? We're going to skip that one because we don't want to give you spoilers. But think about that, guys, because that, uh, that, uh, oh, I sh- probably should have told you guys Jasmine becomes HOH. If you haven't seen already, you probably already know. But, so what, is, what happens with Jasmine's oh, HOH? So much to unpack. So much going on right now as we are speaking. Question, question 1A, did Jasmine's foot touch the ground? You and I are hard nose, right? No. It didn't it touch. Didn't. Sorry. No, it Taylor's didn't. didn't touch hers. Didn't touch. I it, wish it did, but it didn't. It was it was damn close. It, it was, was damn close. I think people just wanted it so bad that they are convincing themselves that it's the case. They need a lesson on physics because they're like, well, the confetti moved. Even if it did, she'd start over. Terrence would still be stuck on the guitar. So, to this day. So what we got one more minute left in this segment. So my last three questions are, what is the BB bestie twist that Julie teased? Goddamn. We just want to know. know. Uh, Will will Taylor survive another week? I wrote survivor. So clearly I have survivor on my mind. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I do think that there is definitely a shot here. Um, and then will anybody actually align with Taylor? Uh, yes, that that is already happening. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. So we got a lot to talk about coming in this next yeah. week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited, especially for tonight and tomorrow's feed. Sunday should be an interesting episode. Whoop, whoop. All right, so let's move on to the show that's captured the hearts of many CDS reality show fans, Challenge USA. Uh, the show premiered last week with the same 90-minute, well, not the same 90-minute episode, but an equally as long 90-minute episode following Big Brother. <clears throat> and we're now two episodes into what I think is going to be a pretty epic season. Sarah is back with me to talk about this a little bit, especially because we have a lot of Big Brother talk to talk about in these first two episodes, especially because the cookout seems to be at the center of everything. Yeah, I mean, and good for them. This is actually my very first season watching the challenge. Me too. Um, I, you know, I've never really big been into, like big been into, oh my gosh, <laughs> been big into MTV shows. <laughs> Wow. Words are hard. Um, <laughs> it is Friday. It makes for a great podcast. So you're welcome. The bloopers um, are going to be spectacular. You don't even know. <laughs> not even drinking. I okay. know. <laughs> Same. So, um, but I'm really enjoying this. Um, it is probably one of the first shows I've watched like this where I immediately knew within the first five minutes, I could never, um, ever these challenges are insane this is what you call a competition i don't have any cheesy puns i don't have any weird hosts in weird costumes like this is like like bb meets american ninja warrior and i just i I love it i love it so much so far so um to have this and my first experience with it be with the cookout and not just the cookout but we have Derek x who i love so 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 much and Alyssa um, is very really much fun. growing on me this season too like those two that's a fantastic that you brought them up or you brought Derek X up because those two are hell-bent oh, getting all of the cookout members out now they now, are okay well, I have hell, but they are done I have theories but you know well, and then another more, thing yes. like I'm not a huge I I just recently got into Survivor I watched it the very beginning like when it first came out went years without it and then over this last season I watched it and I love Shan so oh, to see yeah Shan mm. on the screen again was is, was very exciting for me and to see Shan interacting with the cookout and it just oh I I just love it love it love it it is amazing. And honestly, like, this is a really good mix of people. Um, and I know like a lot, like, and they, this is actually really well cast. We were just talking about with the big brother segment, like kind of putting like a bandaid on an issue with the BIPOC cast. That is not the case no. with this. And like, I've mentioned on my TikTok, I love, 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 love Danny. There's a little piece of me because oh, yeah. I'm a sports diehard. And if you know, he's from the Cowboys, I'm sure you've got a little piece of him too. I, yeah, no, uh, yes, no, we are, this is a Cowboys household here. I love it! <laughs> my sister's brother, or my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, she, he'd love you, that's awesome. I, 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 I did love, I do love Danny. Um, Shan was just, I fangirled over her mm. uh, 
you know, the whole season of Survivor. So, uh, but yeah, seeing Danny has been great too. It's been so funny because I do these post Big Brother lives on TikTok and I'm asking, we, we talk about these the challenge uh, on Wednesday nights and I, I'm asking like these Survivor players that I've never seen before. And I'm like, okay, I, I think I like him. Is he a problem? Am I going to find out he's, because I don't have live feeds. You can totally that. ask me too, because I love Survivor. I know all about it. So like, because Tyson, I immediately wrote down, I really like him. Oh, Tyson is. Mm. he. My first impressions oh. from the first episode, I really, really like him. Survivor legend, straight up. Straight yeah. Up. As Tyson and Sarah and I was asking in the comments I was like am I gonna find out they're horrible people are they horrible people <laughs> Sarah's not horrible Sarah just draws uh some fans attention because she's a conservative cop that's just uh, where people will be like oh what and like it's not really an actual point of contention it's just people hearing somebody's personality and judging them off of it I'm not gonna lie like as somebody who is a like very openly liberal I was like oh yeah like at first when I heard of her and her she was like conservative I'm a cop I'm like I don't like the sounds of it she it's is kind of weird to me when defies the stereotype that is like one of their descriptive words in their bios though like Ooh, I don't introduce I myself lie. and be like hi I'm Sarah I'm pretty liberal um I like I don't I don't put liberal I'm in my bio though <laughs> So whenever you like when people introduce themselves and say, I'm a Republican, I'm a conservative, like I have a tendency to feel that you're going to have like a lot of, let's just say you're going to have a lot of flags in your garage or maybe hanging from your truck. I don't know, but that's immediately what comes to mind. Uh, yeah, and no, that's, I live in a, uh, the most Republican part of Massachusetts. And I can tell you that is straight up the most, exactly. the flag. they, they oh. think that is that they live in Texas or New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what, what I've liked about the challenge is that all we've really seen of them so far is game related mm-hmm. and from what I could see from Sarah and her, like her, this, she had this like competitive edge to her and Tyson, he had this like intensity to him. Mm-hmm. So it, I didn't see any like personalities or, um, or how they interacted really with other outside of gameplay. So that was pretty exciting. It's like a, a complete 180 from what we're dealing with with Big Brother. So. I think it's nice and refreshing to not have live feeds. I mean, the only, like, I'm not going to try because I love my live feeds. I am going yeah. to, well, I'm going to watch a movie, but then I'm going to put on live feeds for the rest of the night. <laughs> Who's not going to stay up until five in the morning? I can't even imagine what my sleep schedule would look like if Challenge had live feeds. Like, I'm Ooh. thankful. I would, well, and what would Survivor? I've brought up that, like, so Survivor had a whole issue uh, recently. I actually, I think it's an important, I'll bring it up here because it's. I haven't been able to chat with anybody. It's an interesting thought. So, and I want to hear your opinion. It'll be a little bit off topic. It's a little big brothery, but um, so when they were having a, uh, so sorry, I lost my train of thought. I'm back. <laughs> so they had a season um, where, they had a idol of this past season where an idol nullifier was just not shown. Like somebody found an advantage. I'm glad I got all my words out. They this past. So I think you missed season 42 because oh, um, season okay. 42 just happened. They whipped it right out. Like they oh. did not wait. They pretty much like flipped it right then and there. I think it was only like two months in between and it was celebrity big brother. Okay. Um, so, so that would like just ended right before this. And so what happened was, um, for people who have watched, uh, somebody named Omar, um, 
really early on in the season too found an idol nullifier which would for people who don't know nullify a hidden immunity idol if it's played at tribal council which is massive and it changes the whole social dynamic and the whole problem was they didn't show it period and it impacted not one but at least two vote outs. And it might've impacted more than we realized because we didn't find out until Omar got, I keep saying, if I say evicted, then that's just my fault. But until Omar got voted out, had his post uh, exit interview with EW, I think it was Dalton Ross. And he's just like, yeah, I had an idol no fire. They just didn't Uh, put it in the edit. And I'm like, that's insane. Like there was no footage. There was no production. No, 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 no footage, no mention of it whatsoever. They didn't even bring it up in the after, like, hey, guess what? Because they didn't have the edit. And they were just like, so the idol nullifier, because he just didn't play it. Mm-hmm. They just were like, we'll sweep it under the rug. Like, it just didn't exist. But it led to two different vote outs. Wow. Late okay, in the season, oversight. too. Yeah, huge oversight. So... So Survivor and the challenge have that where it's like to go back on a little more of the challenge where it's like we don't get the live feed. So it's kind of fun because at times it's like we watch this really great show, but then we find out after in these exit interviews and we will talk about some of the extra drama that came after this past episode and exit interviews and all this kind of stuff. Like we don't see some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And so when we find out after the episodes, it's like jaw dropping. So it's kind of weird. Another thing that's been really fun too is that this is all pre-recorded, so they're already done with the challenge and they're live tweeting along with it. So that is interesting. Um, I I always try to go on their twitters, like when they're all like, "Check, check out my page, blah blah blah." I'm like, I'm trying to figure out when you're getting voted out based on your tweets. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how confident are you in this episode? It kind of makes me what I again I struggle with this and they would never ever do it but can you imagine a big brother season that was pre-recorded we didn't have live feeds oh I kind of love it like that's kind of why you enjoy going back and watching the old seasons because it's like but there's the flaw where you do miss some of the stuff where it's like yeah you have to really trust the production edit but to have the people in the house watch their edit live like watch you know their footage and Mm. get called out on stuff like I feel like when the show ends at you know jury and the whoever went they all come out and they're so blindsided by so many things that a lot of things never get addressed a lot of things are never the major things will but they we don't get to hear commentary Mm -hmm. excuses explanations on anything so that part's been um, like immediately after this, uh, after the first episode, um, I think it was Shan who tweeted an apology to Tiffany. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that I was gossiping and um, about you and Cinco and stuff. And Tiffany uh, doesn't care. Huh? Tiffany doesn't care. No, too. no not at all. Tiffany mad at Shan. Tiffany is such a vibe. I just, oh my gosh, I love her. So <laughs> Um, oh man she's well she so she has been to talk go back to the challenge tiffany has been a major focal point in the first two episodes of the challenge um and one of the really big twists that comes with the challenge this year is the algorithm and that's changing everything i love it i know challenge fans i'm not saying all of them but i know challenge fans that are like this is an awesome twist 
yeah can this come back for 38 like they want to see this kind of stuff because it really shakes things up i love it so i mean i have the- no attachments to amazing race players or love islanders but just don't hear like there's only three of us amazing racers. If we get put together, like that's, they'll be horrible. This, you know, it can give them an advantage to be put in a team with somebody from big brother or a survivor um, person. And then to have two amazing race people get stuck together. I just, I I cried laughing. It was so what she's referencing is with the algorithm. um, They have this brand new board. I wish I probably should like grab pictures of my own and put them on here. And they have this board where they have everybody's name. You are, and it's going to be a computer i don't i don't know if it's actually a computer well uh who knows but um it's a computer production has a very heavy hand in in the show like a lot have there is no way that james and kayla got matched up together on episode two no yeah work like at least not in my mind unless that computer has a amazing sense of humor right but so what the computer does is it's an algorithm and the goal is you will not have the same partner twice until you have no other options so you will you will be with somebody different every single time until you can't anymore then they'll recycle and then i think it's like you can't be with the same person twice in a row amazing yeah love it um so this has already led to some fun partnerships one we were kind of just hinting at a little was danny and shan luckily that did not blow up in either of their faces last week uh that was in episode one um so good for them because i love them both i but i want to see that partnership come back if they can last long enough because i know they're gonna butt heads they're playing nice i want to see them butt heads that were together hmm who were the exes that were together? Wasn't like a breakup, an ex. So couple? this, so was that this week or was it yeah. last? Yeah, this week. So this week is the Cinco, Cash, and Tiffany drama. Yes. And Cinco and Cash were paired up together. Yes. That. That was. Was also. I don't beautiful. even know their past other than what my, the, like my TikTok community has told me in my comments. And then when I heard like it was a very recent breakup. Cache is the timeline, actually. So I actually have the timeline. So they were on Love Island last summer. I actually covered a ton of their stuff when I was doing free freelance with people. Um, and they had I'm sorry, so I can have a better understanding. The okay, what is the premise of Love Island? Like who gets hooked the most hookups? can i tell you i couldn't i i did i still don't really know i would i sound so ignorant as a reality tv podcaster but like um one of the i'm gonna go watch the uk version as soon as i get time because i've heard that's way better than the u.s uh no i no freaking idea i just know that selly won and it's like how do you win how do you win it reminds it's probably something i don't understand close to the bachelor pad where it's like um where they were just like we're gonna fall in love and we're gonna like you give out roses and you like if you're not coupled up then you have to go home I know that's how you go home it's like you have to maintain a couple and so like like musical um, chairs but with romance pretty much and Got like it. you can stay with a couple or you can leave they'll do casa more where it's like they'll bring all the guys to a house where there's all new girls and it's like you have 24 hours will you be tempted by any of these hot babes like no way no, all oh my god, it's 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 in the US version is a watered down version of how amazing I have heard the Love Island version is. So I'm all on board. <laughs> I just haven't had time. Show is I've heard 
10 stars out of five. <laughs> that good. <laughs> uh, my jaw's on the floor. Like, I just, <laughs> okay. All right. So, Cache and Cinco got together just recently on this last season. Yes. And he left her for a different girl and she on got the- eliminated. Okay. Oh, no, no. She left him. I, I can't remember. I know I covered one of them. Uh, they broke up on the show. They both lost. Um, they ended up dating outside of the house. Now, this is the real timeline. So okay. I got this from here. So after they left the Love Island house, they ended up dating once again for a few months, but they broke up in January. Now, here's what happened. The filming was in March. Oh, March. And so the connection, and so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, stuff that happened both on the show and off of the show, because uh, Tiffany and Cash, uh, Cash, they are going at it right now on their separate social medias, Um, not directly with each other, but they are just posting things that they know. They are not happy with each other. What do you mean they're going at it? No, 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 not like that. No, it's just they are, no god (laughs) i need to fix my wording because sometimes i say dumb things (laughs) okay that's too funny that is so okay so tiffany and cash or tiffany and cinco did they really date between january and march so we don't know but cash is kind of hinting at that that she has a suspicion that she doesn't know but she has a suspicion that that may have happened that they had a connection before the show which is part of what shan was talking about on the show that now tiffany is not letting go shan has apologized in a next day interview she absolutely just trashed shan and was just basically saying like no that's like not what nice girls do like i thought she was my friend like your code i saw that tweet yes and so that was and she basically reiterated that in and i don't know she pulled it from the interview i didn't see the tweet but um uh so that so there is this whole love triangle situation going on with them and it's not necessarily that cash is like i want to get back with Cinco necessarily it's more that Tiffany really seems to be a lot closer to the situation than I thought and there's something I need to I, when we get back to this podcast next time maybe I'll bring it back but I, I think there was a comment um I think uh Cash made where she was just like Tiffany was like oh you want me to like do this with Kylan blah 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 I can't remember she brought up Kylan and it basically insinuated that she had also hooked up with Kylan and I'm like girl you're digging yourself a hole (laughs) Tiffany yes but Tiffany and Kylan were a thing post big brother yes I just don't know exactly when they weren't anymore I don't even know if they were like they were uh, were they they, were they a full couple photos I saw the couple photos I just didn't know if it was like because I mean I think it's just a, like, how do you define on again, off again? Because, <laughs> like, what were they called Tiffany, Thailand, Thailand? I could give two fucks less. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean because I love Tiffany. Thailand is not my cup of tea. Um, I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just some of the ways he has gone about things on Big Brother and now on. Uh, the challenge and yeah I'm just I'm not saying I dislike him he's just not my absolute favorite um but yeah so lots of drama going on there um 
just checking because we got so off topic with all of this, but not even off topic. There's so much to go I on mean, and talk about with this. Speaking of <laughs> praying he doesn't ever hear this. Um, yeah, he was inches away in episode one from going home. So he had his challenge life flash right before his eyes real early. And so did Aza because um, they ended up being paired up. Um, and the first challenge, I don't even know who you blame. That was just, I don't even know if I could have done it. So the challenge was you're, you're, you're rappelling off the top of a building and doing a math problem. <laughs> no, thanks. All set on both of those personally. But so they uh, had the slowest time because I believe they were the only group that had to go back up to the top of the building and try again because they had failed on their first three tries. Um, afterward, Aza passed out. That scared the living shit out of me like, yeah I, I i think it's just because i get all like freaked out whenever anybody passes out and then i'm such a dork when they come back and they're like i'm fine and i'm like get me hyped up for nothing so it was it's kylan was that that so blah, 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 blah. so kylan and aza ended up in the elimination challenge as a result and they had to battle Celia and giovanni um, it was, the, I loved the challenge. It was um, the pyramid one where they had to throw the ropes through. That was really difficult. I like some of the stuff that they do on here. I think it's Everything funny. looks difficult. It's funny to see the people who are like, I can totally do this and watch them fail. Like Tyson looks at stuff and he's like, oh shit. I'm, okay, but he can't. Like, <laughs> I can't so, <laughs> the man's freaking Superman. Okay? I love him. Oh, he's so, and he's so witty too. Sarah, I'm going to so really liking the combo with him and Angela, this, yeah. fi- this final two that they have. I wasn't expecting it and I'm very pleased. I really like it. Now, Angela got really overshadowed in her season of Big Brother and I feel like she was put in, it was probably not the best group of house guests for her to be put in. I agree. Um, for her to really shine. So this is very exciting for me because she is one of those players that I did get great vibes from the first, like from those first interviews into the house. Um, I do think her showmance, which is probably one of my favorites, like most endearing and sweetest. I do feel like it was more, it was very one-sided, um, (laughs) at times, but, um, well, so was Fessy and Haley. Yeah. Oh, that that was just uncomfortable at times. Like, (laughs) um, Huh? Who flipped? Yeah. It, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm getting cringe all over again. But to see Angela kind of like really be the competition beast that we know that she can be. And not do um, silly competitions too. Like, can you put this puzzle together? It's a pig and you have to wear a pig suit while you do it and spin around and oink and do some things stupid. are getting thrown at you. And yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's like, no, like she's built for this. She's mentioned, yes. she mentioned it on big brother that she was a pole vaulter. Um, like it's, it's not that we aren't familiar with how strong she was. She didn't get to really showcase it. Like you said, so this is really fun. Well, I was trying to pull up Tiffany Mitchell's tweet to her response to Shan but Tiffany tweets, which I'm thankful for, but she tweets so much that I, I can't. I, can't. I don't blame. <laughs> I can't. No, I feel it's not even a bad thing. It's like like so much kudos. It's just like, dude, sometimes that's why I can't. Also, I can't do Twitter anymore. I think TikTok's corrupted my mind. <laughs> Ugh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, the, I'm all over Twitter in the challenge just because they're, it's like I said earlier, it's, it's fun to watch them respond to these situations. Um, going back to Tyson and Angela, I, in going into episode two, I think that that did put them in a great spot. She's like, yeah, I don't get to work with him. However, we have two more shots at being safe. Cause he'll keep me safe. I'll keep him safe. And I do like this structure. Again, I don't have any experience from the challenge, so I don't know how it was before, but you know, the, the worst performing team and then having the winning team pick who their challenges, there's so much strategy to be made in that. So I'm, I, I am enjoying that part of it as well. Yeah. This has been really fun to enjoy. Um, I know there are some people who strictly watch the challenge that are just livid because they hate it <laughs> but as as a cbs they're, fan, they're hating it for the because of the contestants right like mm-hmm. that's straight up that's it because it's 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 formed i to my knowledge pretty similarly to the exact challenge like i follow people who are co- who cover the challenge they don't seem to be changing their coverage so yeah. it's just and it's fun to be able to start watching a new show like this, though. Not that it's new, but to be able, well, technically, I guess, but you know what I'm saying. It's CBS the challenge. It's not the Ooh. challenge anymore. But, you know, I, I'm very curious. I know I'm sure alliances form in the original challenge, but to go in already with a large alliance that's pre-established, you know, that yeah, where the big brother people are going to watch each other and the survivor people are going to watch each other and to be like in these groups from what show you're from, that's a whole different dynamic that I'm sure is um, new to the challenge as well. So, I mean, it's exciting for us because we've never, we have nothing to compare it to and we know these people. So totally. I just think it's interesting and we're uh, wrapping up here shortly, but I just think it's interesting to see how much the first two episodes have been so cookout focused Mm -hmm. and like I don't even mean to be like oh well I come from Big Brother because I've watched actually besides Love Island like all of the shows so I love them all equally I'm not coming in and being like well I'm all in on Big Brother because those are my people but it's just it is it's an interesting dynamic um I lost I 1000 percent 1000 percent believe that um, Derek X and Alyssa saying that they are what payback for the cookout is production pushed. I think that is too, because when we like look at stuff from a big brother lens and we know what they say on shows to make them be like, well, this is what like the Daniel thing, Daniel being like, Michael's my target. It's like yeah. bull effing shit. Yeah. yeah. Bull. I, I, I don't know why I said effing in the middle of bullshit, bull fucking yeah. shit. <laughs> But like you're a grown up with a grown up podcast, you can say whatever you and want. And I'm in and I'm in my own grown up apartment. God damn it! <laughs> but, but no, I do not think that there is some grudge or anything like that. I don't think that it's their dynamic. We've seen them out of the house. We've seen them for the last year, in our, like hanging out and loving on each other. So I. I think that's a thousand percent for, you know, a a production push. Like we're going to have the cookout in here. We're going to have you guys in here and we want you to like really, you know, just stick the nail in that, you know, the cookout betrayed you and that there's some beef here. I mean, they, they did not even hesitate in the first episode, like literally go to a conversation between Shannon and Alyssa and Shannon's like, so like, and I can't, it sounded like such a posed question. And I'm like, 
I mean, at least you're a semi-good actress because you definitely, for people who didn't see it, like played it up like that wasn't something you were asked to ask her. Because we could totally, as at least Big Brother fans, that's... Did we talk uh, about the, I know we talked about the, we kind of got the cachet Cinco Lena, but the most recent her video and cachets. I know that you said well, that we've talked a little bit about it, but feel free to just jump in with some thoughts because cachet and Tiffany are. The, the last video I saw cachet was saying that like, she thought her and Tiffany were cool yep. and that, um, even if Tiffany and Cinco had their thing, she said like kind of to production, if you're going to try to do this love triangle thing, I'm not going to play into that. She talked to Tiffany about it. They were cool. Yeah. And then she said that um, then Tiffany just started coming after her. Um, and, and I'm just, I, I don't know what to believe. Cause I don't know her, but I, I feel like I know Tiffany. And then we don't have the live feed. So we don't know what actually don't happened. Feed, so I don't know. but at the end of the day uh tiffany did end up going home at the end of uh episode two which my god some big brother fans are devastated and it's like i get it it happened on a really terrible night too because big brother fans are watching that episode taylor getting nominated and watching the nomination ceremony taylor's up on the block she's gonna go home worst night it and was the worst home on the challenge are you kidding me i showed up to my post show with that with bourbon in my cup like i would have i would have broken into that wine if i was going live <laughs> nah, i was uh and i had to watch master chef after and i don't know if any, any of the listeners do but one of my favorites on the show went home and i'm like ah, this is not fair and i'm just lucky that so you think you can dance save the freaking night though my favorite was in the bottom four so it was Wednesday nights. I have long called them hell, or I've called not them hell, but I've called Wednesday hell day because yeah. for some reason, no matter what, Wednesday's just like the culmination of shit that's coming at the beginning of the week from shit that's coming from the end of the week. Yeah. And it's just, it's uh, for some reason always chaos, but I've always enjoyed having Big Brother and Survivor reliantly, minus like maybe a month out of the year. And those are weeks separated. So it's not like yeah. you have a month without either. So it's amazing. Or uh, uh, Amazing Race will fill in there too. So it's just nice to be able to have all of that and to be able to enjoy it. But it's just, boy, there's, it's just. Ah. Now, oh I, I know that you watch like, so you think you can, and we're talking the challenge, but I just have to ask you, because oh, yeah. I saw a clip, I don't watch the show, but I saw a clip of um, them dancing to, oh my God, it was a Whitney Houston song. Yes. Oh my God. It was amazing. It was, it, oh. was, it gave me goosebumps and I'm not like a dance competition kind of person, but I saw it on TikTok and I watched it and I was just like, I could not stop watching it. It is easily, I don't, I'm not going to say top 10. It's easily a top 20 dance that's ever occurred on the show. Um, the that is it was incredible it's one of the best i've seen i just don't because i missed a few seasons so i don't want to jump ahead and be like it's one of the best it is definitely up there though it when i watched it i had just watched all the shows i'm like this is horrible and i got goosebumps and i was like thanks for making my night (laughs) it was very peaceful to watch i might have watched it twice beautiful well that's what i like about those kinds of dance shows because they can be so beautiful and that's why I get really frustrated with Dancing with the Stars now is because it's just become so gimmicky. 
when I literally started watching it as a kid, it was like, we want to do some really artistic stuff. We're not just going to have like, like tracks. We're going to have a legitimate band and orchestra just redo all of the songs and play them like they are a classic, like they are at an actual ballroom competition. So it's interesting to watch. Maybe we'll have a conversation at some point about the, the shift in reality TV, at least with Big Brother, we could talk about it because I mean, just in the last couple of years, reality TV and Big Brother have changed so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be curious going back since we're talking about the challenge. One of my goals, along with Love Island, is going to be watching all of the challenge seasons whenever I can because they're going on 38. So that'll be it. Yeah, they're going on season 38. But so. do they do multiple? They do multiple seasons a year. They do it just like, like Survivor does, and which is why when but they both are on on Wednesdays. And neither wants to give up their slot. And I'm like, somebody has to give up their slot. You are both Wednesday at eight o'clock. You can't both have it. I'm sorry. Monday night. Come on. Give me something like Monday suck. Give us something to look forward to. They don't want to compete with the bachelor and bachelorette. And I tell them they should, because that, that show is on its last legs. I'll be talking about that later in the podcast. If I didn't talk about it earlier, I don't know how I'm filming this yet, but No, like, yeah, the it's especially considering how this season's going, like it's falling flat already for me personally. Yeah. Um, and they're gonna have Bachelor in Paradise like coming up in, in the fall. And it's just like, okay, like there's tons that you can compete with, and I just don't know why you're so afraid to. You I watched have- one episode of The Bachelor, Bachelorette. I don't remember which one it was, but I just remember that the date was mud wrestling. Oh, they do that probably once every other season. So I couldn't tell you. Oh, really? Okay. Well, it's it's one of their classic. And we get and I and I just remember each other. This is not for me. (laughs) I actually liked it back when, like, we had like the Jason Mesnick. Like, he was very attractive, but he wasn't like this hot ripped guy. Um. And it was kind of fun. Like, I mean, he created drama when he picked a girl, dumped her, and then was like, I'm going with this other woman. But they've been married for a decade now. So it's like, I think he made the right choice there. And Mm. the woman that he dumped, she ended up going back to her ex after a few years because they grew apart and grew back together. So they just need to play Big Brother together because it's time, you know, it's true. I tell you, we need Bachelor and Bachelorette people in that house. I think that. That's how you get a lasting marriage because Big Brothers produce more successful marriages than both Bachelor and Bachelorette combined. But we should get Big Brother Canada's uh, casting people on that because yes. I can, if we're getting Big Brother and uh, Bachelor producers together on something, I think that is just hell on earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's true. Okay. Well, that wraps it up for our first episode of Wicked Unscripted. I want to thank everyone and anyone who stuck around for the full episode and all of its chaos. Tune in next week for the discussions of week two of Big Brother 24 and episode three of The Challenge, as well as another round of reality TV headlines. Want to ask the show a question or even join as an analyst? Email the podcast at wickedunscripted at gmail.com for more. We are always looking for fresh and diverse voices to join the conversation. See you next time.